I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. There's no knowing where we're rowing or which way the river's flowing. Isn't this great? You see, there was another Bill, a, an evil Bill, and I killed him. So let me in fucking house! Life, uh, finds a way. Let's turn on the juice and see what shakes loose. Things are going bump in the night here at Studio 536. That's because it's time for our annual Halloween special. We're taking it back to 1988, back when Halloween costumes were a brittle, fragile plastic mask and a printed apron that seems like it was made out of plastic wrap. And you look at old pictures now, like I remember wearing those outfits. Yeah. It looks like something out of a horror movie. Yeah. It's frightening. <laughs> Seeing these kids and masters show up in these things. You know, a little rubber band on the back. And it's it was it. just this brittle, I don't even know, is it even plastic? I don't know what. It's a chemical that we probably should never have in our bodies. Probably but hey, not. mom, I'm a goddamn silver hawk. Did All you right. wear a Halloween costume between 1974 and 1989? You may be entitled to financial compensation. I found a picture not too long ago. I'm pretty sure I was in fourth or fifth grade, and this ties into sudden death last week. I dressed up as Mario Lemieux. Oh, okay. I thought <laughs> would have been cooler. Who are you? I'm the fire marshal from sudden death. <laughs> Okay. That would have been great. First, this is the Pool Scene Podcast. I'm the Youngstown Goblin Kevin, joined by Jim. <laughs> hey, now. We're unleashing a heavy hitter this time, Beetlejuice, directed by Tim Burton. I've now already said the name once, so here shortly we're probably going to end up summoning the Beetle Dude in studio. Now, speak for yourself. I prefer when Alec Baldwin first said Beetle Gleist. I prefer Beetle Gleist. <laughs> Because he sounds like a podiatrist or an insurance salesman. <laughs> Beetlejuice. 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 It's showtime. Tim Burton, a real hit and miss uh, directing career. Beetlejuice was his second time in the directing chair following the fantastic film Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Following Beetlejuice, he went on to Batman, Edward Scissorhands, which I call Eddie Scissors, Batman Returns, Ed Wood, and Mars Attacks, all good to great. Then we got Sleepy Hollow and Planet of the Apes back to back. Yike. But Mark Wahlberg. 
And it sort of felt like he lost his mojo. And then the past 20 years have been more Tim Burton misses than bangers, in my opinion. But a lot of fascinating backstory in how Beetlejuice came to be. In a roundabout way, you can say that Beetlejuice exists because of the Bobcat Goldthwait movie, Hot to Trot. <laughs> oh, how that movie. And how much it sucked. Oh, horribly. Calling you chicken shit. Yeah, chicken shit, chicken shit. Following the success of Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Tim Burton was the in-demand director in Hollywood, but he hated the scripts that were ending up on his proverbial desk. Hot to Trot was the one that put him over the edge. He lost it. Of all things. And he wanted something with imagination and originality, so he put the studios and whoever up to task, get me a script that's not Hot to Trot. That's when David Geffen got a Michael McDowell script to Burton which was Michael McDonald McDowell ended up getting a writing credit but was eventually replaced down the road by Warren Scarron McDowell's script was nuts which included the Maitland's car crash being shown in graphic detail Beetlejuice being a winged demon who shapeshifts into a short Middle Eastern man who what wait what yes really a the short original Middle Eastern script, man the original script was that a winged demon takes the form of a short Middle Eastern man he wants to kill the demon is and he wants to have sex with Lydia hot the say his name three times thing did not appear you just had to dig him up and then he he was summoned there was a second Dietz daughter named Kathy who was the only one who could see the Maitlands in the final act of the script Beetlejuice shapeshifts into a rabid squirrel and mauls Kathy to death before revealing him in his true form of uh, the winged demon I want to see that movie when Scarin came in he completed he basically totally changed the tone of the script and included the afterlife bureaucracy but he still had some interesting elements he decided and get this instead of the Beetlejuice being a winged demon he wanted to lean into Beetlejuice's true form being a short Middle Eastern pervert who spoke what we'll call urban or street dialect so he's Ali G yes in this version the Dietzes went back to New York because they were scared out of their home and Lydia stayed and lived with the Maitlands this script did not so this (laughs) Booyakasha Yes, this script had more of a Beetlejuice origin story. So the second script, we got to see he slowly died choking to death while trying to hang himself while drunk. And like, basically, we see how he ended up working for Juno and how he went out on his own as a freelance bioexorcist. Like, we get the whole backstory. Oh, yeah. Producer and the movie's second writer, Larry Wilson, talks about how all these people at Universal Pictures were afraid of throwing their careers away by taking a chance on what they called a piece of weirdness and a piece of shit. Oops, it worked out well for Geffen when Universal sold them the rights. So Larry Wilson was like an up-and-coming producer and writer, and his boss literally was like, Larry. You can't, man. If you do this, your career's over. He's like, this is going to fail. I don't think it would now, though. It would be the most amazing thing ever to be seen on cinema. Like, God, I would crazy. kill for something original now with everything that comes out. Indeed. Speaking of producers, they wanted to call the movie House Ghosts. Oh, no. Burton joked, no, get this. Burton joked, why not call it scared sheetless and was horrified when the studio said, wait a minute, and actually took it serious and almost called the movie scared. They love dumb double entendres. Movie producers know nothing. Idiots. Michael Keaton ad-libbed 90% of his lines. (laughs) Oh boy, you guys are really a couple of spookers, aren't you? (laughs) 
Let's turn on the juice and see what shakes loose. While only appearing in 14 and a half of the 92 minute runtime. Yeah. 14 and a half minutes out of 92 minutes. That's what Beetle Gleiss does, man. Man, we've got to get some help here. We've got to contact this guy, Beetle Meyer or something. Someone I want to give credit to is the absolute legend, V. Neal, the makeup artist. Beetlejuice was only given a $1 million visual effects budget. So Burton decided to make everything purposely look tacky and as B-movie as possible. It's amazing, man. The sandworms. V. Neal took this ball and ran with it, winning an Academy Award for her work. And then she went on to also win Oscars for doing Ed Wood with Burton. And she got one for Mrs. Doubtfire. Hello! Uh, along with Big Caddyshack 2 and Spaceballs, it, Beetlejuice is in the distinct class of a PG or PG-13 film that uses the F word as in nice fucking model. <laughs> but there's honestly a lot of stuff here that makes you feel like Tim Burton had a friend at the MPAA. I would how did say this so. originally get a, a PG rating? It's there's the a whorehouse. PG. Yeah. There's like a lot of entendres. Shit, there's, fuck. Yeah, there's, there's a lot He's of... He's feeling up. Barbara... So, Jim, do you think Beetlejuice is a horror movie? Uh, I mean, no. I, I don't know what else it could be. A scary comedy. Yeah. Like a dark comedy, an, dark off, comedy. an offbeat comedy. There are some other movies in the horror category that are similar. I would say like Death Becomes Her or yeah. House 2. There's a, a, a bunch of these. So Yeah, definitely not. Like I watched House for the first time last week. Yeah. It's not a horror movie. No. It's not even horror. It's a comedy, suspenseful comedy, maybe. So Jim, a PG-13 horror movie that says fuck. How did it do? Please give us budget, box office, news, and number ones at time of release. <laughs> WUAB, Channel 43, where the news comes first. This is the 10 o'clock news. Beetlejuice came out March the 30th, 1988 to a $15 million budget made $74 million at the box office. Pretty damn good for, I guess you would label this a horror comedy movie coming out at the end of March. So here's a little highlights before I hit you with Blockbuster. The distribution of Video 2000. Kevin, do you remember what Video 2000 was? No. It ends its production run literally in 1988. So I'm thinking this is, must be higher end VHS, VCR players. Yeah. That this, hey, it's almost high def on a tape. It guess what? Didn't last. Sony begins marketing VHS VCRs for the first time in 1988, which is crazy. If you own a beta format VCR, you may have noticed that it's become increasingly difficult to buy or rent pre-recorded product on that format. The maker of the beta machine has noticed as well, and now Sony will market hardware in VHS for the first time. And VCRs are present in over 50% of American homes for the first time, so they ran out the Blockbuster and they got the following. Dragnet, great movie, underrated. Ackroyd, Tom Hanks. Pep Strebeck might be one of the best character names ever. Robocop that we love personally on this show. You guys know how much we love Robocop. And The Lost Boys, Santa Clara. However, too, on the 30th of March, new release at Blockbuster. Put it right on that video wall. 25 copies of Dennis Quaid, Martin Short, Meg Ryan in inner space. That's one movie I'd like for us to eventually yeah. cover. It's a good movie. On to the news. The 14th People's Choice Awards happened. Michael Douglas and Glenn Close win for Fatal Traction. 
very good movie. There's fatal attractions going on every five minutes within this county, not just the country, this county. The 30th Grammy Awards, Paul Simon's Graceland wins record of the year, and U2's The Joshua Tree wins album of the year. <laughs> Yike. Jody Watley, however, does win for best new artist. Fuck yeah, Jody Watley, we love you. And Pontiac, another GM blunder. They should never have gotten rid of Pontiac. Announces the end of the Fiero, and it destroyed my dad. Because <laughs> my dad had a Fiero car cover on it, stayed in the garage, only took it out in the summertime. It was gold. It was an 86 GT. That thing was cherry. Then my dad got back problems and sold it. I miss it. On to the video game news. The first versions of Tetris are released from the Iron Curtain, the Soviet Union. Tetris was awesome. Yeah. I got a lot better at Tetris later on in life as a kid, though. Sucked. Was, Ten Tengen Tetris. If you can find that cart, get the Tengen Tetris version, not the gray standard NES cart. You want Tengen Tetris or Tengen, however you want to pronounce Tengen, it. Yeah. RC Program comes out for the Nintendo Entertainment System. I love RC pro mm -hmm. still holds up can be quite frustrating and speaking of nintendo they buy the rights to bandai's family trainer and re-releases it as the power pad oh all right i can remember being as a kid be like why i'm playing a video game i'm not working up a sweat i'm gonna lay down on the power pad put my hot dog next to it and use my hands as i'm running on the power pad best way to do it work out those hands somebody who worked out those hands show them those hands george good evening everybody i'm george michael welcome to the sports machine even though this is our Halloween special in honor of hockey month, the Edmonton Oilers, Wayne Gretzky, the great one fans of district five, the ducks, USA ducks picks up a first period assist in the Oilers five, three win over his future team, the Los Angeles Kings to move ahead of Gordie Howe as the NHL's all time leader in career assists. Howe had a thousand 49 assists in 26 years. Gretzky 26 years had a thousand 50 in only nine. <laughs> so Jesus Christ. And Gordie Howe paid till he was 199 yeah. years old. He played for the Whalers, I believe, before he ended his career finally at the age of 137. <laughs> the Flaming Basketball is adopted as NBA franchise's Miami Heat's official logo from over 13,000 entries. Mark Henderson, thank you, Mark, submitted the winning entry. And some sad news in the NFL in 1988. The St. Louis Cardinals announced, hey, we're moving to Phoenix, which then became the Arizona Cardinals, and they are absolute trash. Not a good team this year. Kyler Murray's still hurt. I don't know who their quarterback Josh is. Josh Hobbs. Oh, it's Josh Hobbs. We had like Josh Hobbs. We had like uh, Josh Hobbs. The Brown. <laughs> I wish he was still our quarterback. The Browns had like five current or former Browns quarterbacks playing on Sunday because you had Dobbs, Baker. I can't remember who else right and now. We needed, oh, uh, yeah, but and we needed every single one. Of yes, them. we needed all five of them. To exactly. Play. In TV ratings, Kevin, if any of these shows strikes a chord with you, let me know. A Year in the Life on NBC no. did 13 and a half million viewers. Dynasty. I know Dynasty. Okay. New dynasty. Slap the Maxwell story. What? Slap the Maxwell story. Okay. No, it ended no, up no. doing it ended up doing a fucking 17 show, which is crazy. That's because there's four shows on. <laughs> Eleven and a half million viewers watched Slap Maxwell story. Hooperman. Hooperman? Hooperman. 17.1 million no. viewers. It did a 13.2 rating and a 20 share. 
What was happening? There were four channels. Yeah, you're right. All this is MB actually three. There's our NBC, ABC, CBS. Then we have Shattered Innocence on CBS. Oh no. Sounds like a movie. Did it 18.9. Head of the class. One of my All favorite right. shows, except Love for it. fucking Dan Schneider sitting in the back, that fucking asshole. Red Eye Express, Aaron's Way. And then finally, Growing Pains was the number one rated show. 25.9 million viewers. Growing Pains that featured a, a character named Boner. Hey Boner. Boner Stabone. So weird. The number one movie in America, Matthew Broderick, Biloxi Blues. But the week before that, for one week and one week only, the number one movie in America, Police Academy 5, oh, Assignment on Miami Beach. We covered yes. it. One of the best jingles of all time. Find the soundtrack. Nobody can. It doesn't exist. It's maybe on a multiverse. A Peter Parker can bring it to us. I finally saw Spider-Man No Way Out. Excellent movie. I cried a little bit. I want a Robocop Assignment Miami Beach. <laughs> Can you imagine him on the beach like somebody spray paints dork on his chest? <laughs> I am not a dork. The number one song in the nation, according to Billboard, Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror. Good song. Underrated Michael Jackson song, but like we said last week, if you saw him perform it live, that's a rarity. So you got well, to see him live to a man in the mirror. He said he was going to make a change after looking in the mirror, and he certainly made a number of them. My kids watched a number of Michael Jackson videos because we watched Thriller, the okay. full version, the 15-minute version or whatever. Awesome. It's a Amazing. movie. It's in 4K. I'm not sure Thriller ever needed to be in 4K. Ugh. We watched 4K Thriller, but then they were like, we like this. So they watched Billie Jean. Billie Jean back. We watched Smooth Criminal, which I think was their favorite. That's a good video. Um, but then... Did you do What's Up? Which we do? watched You Rock My World, which I think was one of his last videos. Yeah. Clementine, my daughter, she became very fascinated with... She was like, I want to see him without a nose. She, no, she you like, don't. She was like, Daddy has a nose. And I'm like, yeah, this is a music video. They're not going to let him go out there. And I'm trying to show her like tabloid photos. All where, you had to show her was Dan Aykroyd in Nothing But Trouble, yeah. where his nose wasn't attached. That's but, Michael but they were like, he looks like a woman. And I'm like, well, yeah, he, he went through a number because they basically saw him. The first they saw of him was like Thriller Michael. Yeah, he was the black guy. Yeah. And then he became a white guy. Yeah, he was like, a, he went from a, a young black man to an old white woman. And it was <laughs> like... <laughs> Like an old white ghoul. I wouldn't even call him a, wo a woman. Did you and show them was I with you? I did not. I don't want to traumatize them. I would love to know. Being a father's hard enough if I show my kids was up with you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. was I with you, Beetlejuice? That's all that was going on. 30th of March, 1988. Happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, you may have heard a Beetlejuice sequel is coming next year. Hell yeah. But it would be criminal for me to not tell you about the original planned sequel. I have a very special segment lined up following logic that I think will be a nice Halloween treat, but you may think it's a trick. So we will, uh, we'll cover that later. But first we gave you a few alternate versions of the plot, but let's summon the actual plot. Our story takes place in small town winter River, Connecticut, which the filmmakers like spent months trying to find the perfect house. So, you know, they didn't build this. They went and actually seeked out the location to shoot. Married couple Adam and Barbara Maitland are going to spend their vacation decorating their country home. They're very excited about it. As they're driving home, wouldn't you spend two weeks at home? Yeah, building your country home away from the the difficulty and stress that is life in Winter River, Connecticut. Kevin, you could make Kevin's awesome machine at Kevin's Hardware. Yeah. 
Yeah. It'd be the best ever. I need, I need a vacation after spending two weeks in this <laughs> slow town. You could build uh, your own model town. As they're driving home from a trip to town, there is a dog in the street, which they swerve to miss. And Sh- fucking should have hit it. You get a lot of foreshadowing in this movie, but on their way to town, you see that same dog right in front of their car. I hope somebody sued the owners. Yeah. So uh, there's a dog in the street, which they swerve to miss. I swerve when I drive. Yeah, I swerve when I drive. Whose house? But instead of doing their swerve strictly impression, they swerve and plunge into the river. They appear at home only to notice they don't have reflections and they see the handbook for the recently deceased or as Adam who can't read says handbook for the recently diseased. Handbook for the recently diseased. Deceased. Deceased. I don't know where it came from. Look at that publisher. Handbook for the recently deceased press. You know what? I don't think we survived the crash. To be quite honest, I would be happy if I didn't have a reflection in the mirror. I'd be happy for it. Same with me. Not saying I want to be dead, but I'm just saying. Yeah. They put two and two together. I'm a chewed. To realize that they didn't survive the river plunge. Adam tries to leave the house, but the outside is a desert populated by sandworms. Saturn. We've been to Saturn. Hey, I've been to Saturn. Whoa. Sandworms. You hate them, right? (laughs) I hate myself. They are trapped as ghosts in this home. The home is sold to the peculiar Dietz family from New York. Charles Dietz, he was some sort of big shot real estate developer who seemingly had a mental break. His second wife, Delia, is a sculptor and they have a goth daughter, Lydia, which Delia is not Lydia's mom, just stepmom. And their interior designer, Otho, also seems to just be a part of the family. Is there. The Dietzes turn the home design into like weird post modern art installation. The country Maitlands obviously do not vibe with what's been done to their home. The Maitlands use the handbook to meet their afterlife caseworker, Juno. The afterlife is like the worst trip to the BMV you've ever had. There are caseworkers and vouchers. Juno tells the Maitlands that they're stuck in their house for the next 125 years. If they want the Dietzes gone, they have to figure out how to scare them away. Lydia Dietz, the daughter, is able to see the Maitlands. You can see us without the sheets. Of course I can see you. Well, how is it that you see us and nobody else can? Well, I read through that handbook for the recently deceased. It says, live people ignore the strange and unusual. I myself am strange and unusual. And befriends them. Meanwhile, they enlist the help of Juno's former assistant and namesake of the movie, Beetlejuice, who is now a freelance bio-exorcist. The Maitlands quickly realize that hiring Beetlejuice was a huge mistake, and now it's too late to undo what they've done, and he's ready to wreak havoc on the Dietzes. And the Dietzes use all of this to try and convince Charles's boss that this could be a huge haunted house destination for tourists. I agree. Look Maxie at the damn Dean. Thing. Yeah. In order to prove it, Otho uses the handbook to perform what he thinks is a seance, but actually he is performing an exorcism. I'm sorry, there's nothing that I can do. Sorry, Charles. So Lydia summons Beetlejuice to intervene, but she has to agree to marry him, which basically gives him free reign to cause chaos in the real world. He saves the Maitlands, eliminates Charles's boss, the boss's wife, and Otho. The Maitlands try to stop the impromptu wedding between Beetlejuice and Lydia. They succeed when Barbara tears through the house on a sandworm, which eats Beetlejuice. The Dietzes and Maitlands form a truce to live together in the home. Beetlejuice is stuck in the afterlife waiting room for seemingly the next eternity. Live together, die alone. 
Exactly. 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. Um, so the weird thing at the end is the house because... I don't get it. They have like half country, half modern... I would like to think there was a throwaway scene where they sit around the dining room table. All right, you guys get this yes. room. You get this room. We get this bedroom. I have a lot of questions about this. Got later. a ton of logic. We'll get into it. Skin and characters, very fascinating. At, uh, at Alec Baldwin, I couldn't spit I that out. I love at Alec Baldwin on Twitter. At Alec Baldwin on Twitter. As long as it's not. Yeah. Don't brother. give him a gun. Yeah. Is that that's the same one? Yeah, yeah, same one. Okay, so Alec Baldwin is Adam Maitland. Bill Pullman was considered. Cool. I like that. Gina Davis as Barbara Maitland. Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. Tim Burton's first choice was Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> this was because of the original wow. script where he went from a Middle Eastern man to the urban street-like character. Also considered were Dudley Moore and Sam Kinison. I'd have to assume the script already changed by the time Dudley Moore was considered or else Dudley Moore from the hood could have been a legendary flop. Drunk Dudley Moore <laughs> from the hood? <laughs> Screen Rant says... says drunk Dudley. <laughs> Screen Rant says Arnold Schwarzenegger was Burton's backup choice, but, oh. but he quickly turned it down. I can actually see it. I God can see Arnold. Sandworms. I hate them myself. I can see it. I would have loved it. Nice fucking model. It was Geffen who suggested Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton based his performance off Bill Mosley as Chop Top in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. That's awesome. Which is amazing. Of all things. Yeah. 1986. Watch TCM 2. Jeffrey Jones as Charles Deeds. Fuck that guy. Yep. Catherine O'Hara as Delia Deeds. Angelica Houston was actually cast, but dropped out due to illness. She could not arrive to set basically when they started filming. Uh, Must have been that early, early Still, COVID. she was amazing, though. Winona Ryder as Lydia Dietz. Burton cast her from her work in the really great movie Lucas, which I want to cover on this podcast. The runner-up was Alyssa Milano, while Sarah Jessica Parker, Brooke Shields, Lori Laughlin, Diane Lane, Justine Bateman, Molly Ringwald, Juliette Lewis, and Jennifer Conley were also Wow. A who's who's, man? Young yeah. up-and-comers. And career making performance. Oh, yeah. You know, because Winona Ryder, I mean, she did a lot around that time. She went on to Heather's after this. Yeah, she I did think. Heather's after this. And then, like, literally, she's Lydia forever. You know, you do one role like that. Robert Goulet is Maxie Dean. What a name. Is that short for Maxwell, I would assume? I, what's that movie? Maxie Dean. Is that movie that was Maxwell Behind the Life or whatever? Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. In the news segment, you were talking about the top TV show of the week or whatever. Oh, I'm sorry. It was like Maxwell Behind the Oh, slap. Maxwell Slap story. Maxwell story. There you go. Well, I so all right. I'll, I'll skip over all the uh, additional. Oh, Oth, don't forget about Oth. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Glenn, Glenn Shaddix. Glenn Shaddix, as Jim pointed out, read his Wikipedia. He had a, a very difficult life. It's fucking heartbreaking what yeah. that guy went through. So, but he gives a great performance as Otho. So, Jim, which actor actress gives a passable performance? Does any non lead character still see? Speaking of, it's Otho. Hands Vermilion, start of five. Bright cotillion, ravens die, nightshades promise, spirits strive. To the living, let now the dead come alive. I thought yeah. I love Otho. Like you said, I don't know what his relation is to his family. It seems like he's a jack of all trades, like an interior designer. You read my mind. He knows so very few clients can read my mind. <laughs> he can read. At least he can see it says deceased and not diseased. He tried to do seances. He'd be great for ghost adventures. And he could also spray paint a room weird colors. I really hate that Jeffrey Jones is such a, a sicko. And We've said this in the past. When we covered fair Bueller. We're like, man, Jeffrey Jones, before he started doing all of this sick 
fucking shit he did. You guys can look it up. I don't want to talk about it. He's a fucking scumbag. I was like, man, Jeffrey Jones is a fucking great Ferris actor. Bueller, Howard the Duck scared the shit out of me and Howard the Duck. Yeah, when he started turning. Yeah, Howard the Duck. And then in Beetlejuice, he is just like, he is playing. He's checked out. An overstressed, I need to come here and do nothing. The and fact. the bird watching. The fact that Dick Cavett calls his wife a flake. You've always been a flake. Yeah. He leaves. Two seconds later, have a safe drive. <laughs> it's just like, it's so good. Then you realize, oh, I'm praising a piece of shit yeah, guy. Fuck. Yeah. It's, I mean, there are, are times where it's like, you separate the art and the artist. You can't with this because he's. You can't uh, separate it. But then when I was looking at Glenn Shaddix's Wikipedia, like we've covered Demolition Man. He was in Demolition Man. He did a lot of other things. But what his family put him through, just read it. It's heartbreaking yeah. what this guy went through and how he ended up dying just from a fall like yeah. one force trauma like a freak accident died i feel bad for the guy i think he had so much more potential yeah he's an amazing actor he wasn't well, everybody actor. i mean they really did such a great job because Catherine o'hara to step up in place of angelica houston and, in my opinion i'm like angelica houston could have not done what Catherine o'hara did and to me again this was a star making performance for Catherine o'hara who's still working i think off the back of her performance of beetlejuice and then i think and, after this she did home alone yeah and then um Winona Ryder is, is Lydia again yeah. I mean just incredible so let's move on to best scenes find out which scenes made a splash uh, first I'll say the Danny Elfman score all the music in this movie I can't stress how great Danny Elfman and Oingo Boingo yeah. are it's come on man such a great score all the music in this movie just like perfectly sets the tone you know we always talk about like Kenny Loggins is like the soundtrack to the 80s generation uh -huh. I feel and I sense that not enough people go man Danny Elfman is the soundtrack of my well, life. How how crazy is it that you know, Danny Elfman, Oingo Boingo, Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo. Yeah. And both guys went on to have very successful. It's insane. You know, careers making scores. And now you have what's got Atticus Ross from Nine Inch Nails who won, you know, has won Academy Awards and been nominated for Academy Awards. There's just something about being like a, a borderline goth musician. Yeah. And like, like Nine Inch Nails and Oingo Boingo. Like Oingo Boingo is not goth, but you know, no. Like, yeah. But it attracts that sort of uh, but I, demographic. I so Batman with Danny Elfman. And you know, this is a weird corner of the internet that I never expected to see. So Danny Elfman is now, if you look up a, a current picture of him, he is covered in like Jeff Hardy tattoos. Yeah. Just weird, abstract type tattoos. And look at those early videos but from like, like Dead Man's Party. 70 years old. He's yeah. got, he looks kind of the same, but thicker and he's covered in these weird tattoos. And for some reason, he is a sex symbol to like 25 year old girls. I don't get it. I don't get it. I get I don't either. I no. I don't. I because uh. he's a chud. He's a chud. I'm sorry, Seth Achud. He is not the best looking man, but he has talent. I think sometimes, weirdly enough, talent can overcome looks. I just wish that I, was yeah, the same for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, what do you got, Jim? So right off the bat, I'm going to knock it right out. The Deo scene. Oh, yeah. That is one of the most memorable scenes in movie yes. history. You 
you can't beat Harry Belafonte. It's a Beetlejuice joke. The hands coming out, the finger, the, the yeah, shrimp, shrimp fingers. cocktail that becomes hands. Just Ugh. the performances in that scene alone. The lip syncing. Oh my God. Everybody, Jeffrey Jones and Catherine O'Hara. Glenn Shaddix. The girl that's sitting next to Glenn Shaddix who's smoking and he's talking about, oh, is this another one of your suicide attempts or whatever? Yeah. Her kind of like phasing in and out of the performance. It is amazing. She's doing like the booby shake yeah, thing. It's, it's so great. good. It's a home run scene. It's it's like the one of the iconic. It, it's it's it, the scene of the movie. Yes, yes, for sure. I'll say Beetlejuice is commercial. <laughs> shows up on TV to the Maitlands trying to solicit their business but it sort of reminds you of like an old school used car type of commercial yeah I'll possess myself I'll swallow anything you want me to swallow it's like an Earl Scheib yes, commercial and then he says come on down I'll chew on the dog <laughs> it's like <laughs> Yeah. And then, uh, and then the first time following this, the first time the Maitlands meet Beetlejuice. That's my next one. And he has it turned up to 11. It's so good. My wife and I would like to ask you a couple of questions. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Go ahead, shoot. Well, for instance, uh, what are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? He's just, you know, they they dig him out of the grave. He comes out. He just like. He's trying to fucking feel up Barbara. Yeah, he's going a mile a minute. He ends up wearing the same shirt as Adam. And he's just like not letting him go. It's crazy. I love it's when so he good. asks him for qualifications. He's like, yeah. well, I attended Juilliard. And he goes, man, in and every single time I see it. Yeah. yeah, he says, I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times. And it gets funnier uh, every single time I see like, it. Uh, well, can you be scary? And he does the thing. But from the back shot. But originally they showed it. The, originally there was a shot where you could see what it looked like, but they just thought it was scarier to, to not show, which I think I agree with. It probably would have been hokier if they did the oh, yeah. shot. Yeah. So my next one would be meeting with Juno, the caseworker, after yeah. all the DMV stuff. Good eats. Okay, have you been studying the manual? Well, we tried. The intermediate interface chapter on haunting says it all. Get them out yourselves. It's your house. Haunted houses aren't easy to come by. Well, we don't quite get it. I heard. Tore your faces right off. 
It obviously doesn't do any good to pull your heads off in front of people if they can't see you. We should start more simply, is that Start simply, do what you know, use your talents, practice. I love the fact that Juno has, she uh, definitely cut her yeah. throat and there's all the smoke pours out of her throat. Oh yeah. I love how she is the voice of reason, like, listen, you idiot, you're dead. Did yeah. you read the handbook? No, we didn't read the handbook. There are things you need to do as she walks through the house yeah. and says, gotta dress up as ghosts. You gotta scare them out of you're stuck here for 125 yeah. years. So you're gonna use up all your vouchers on a routine haunt. She's amazing. And yeah. just like Michael Keaton, she's only in the movie for a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah, when the whole coach scene. Coach, I, I don't think we survived that crash. Which those guys are based on the Marshall plane crash oh, really? or whatever. Uh -huh. yeah. But the red. Because if they were green, that's a little like insensitive. Too so much on the nose. Kind of just, coach, where's the men's room? Men's room. But that main guy, I've seen him in oh, 1,500 yeah. in, things. Isn't that the guy who got zipper stuck in? That's right, he yeah, is. The um, he's, the one who, he's the one that used the bathroom in summer school. Yeah, in summer school. That's it. Zipper was stuck. I have Beetlejuice pleading with Lydia to let him out. So yeah. when he's in the model and she he's trying to explain to her what his name is and she's like, you can't tell me what your name is. And he's like, trades. Yeah, but he basically does like the, well, you'll tell your friends yeah. and then they'll be asking me for an autograph. Beetle and, coffee, yeah. beetle drink. Beetle, yeah, beetle, beetle drink. Beetle orange. Breakfast beetle. <laughs> I love beetle. Breakfast beetle. Breakfast orange, orange beetle, uh, beetle fruit, beetle breakfast. Uh, the beetle drink? Uh, uh, beetle, uh, uh, beetle juice? Yes, that's it! Name's Beetlejuice? Ah, you said it twice, just say it once more, come on. It was you, wasn't it? Me? The snake. No, what snake, you kids, in your imagination? Just say it! And then breakfast beetle, breakfast beetle. Beetlejuice, your name's Beetlejuice? And he's like... <laughs> Yeah, ah, he's like like in his seat, and he's just like, just say it. Is that also when the Malins show up with the hands, their faces are yes. all manipulated? Yes, and Adam can't get his nose back in. Yeah, yeah, really great. It's really good. So at the very end, when Lydia agrees to marry him, he's like, "All right, I'll take care of him." And all of a sudden, he's like, you know, she does the Beetlejuice three times. Like it's showtime. Yeah, and then he comes out as this big attention Kmart shoppers, and he has the hands yeah. that reel out into the mallets. Welcome to Winter River. Museum of Natural Green, a monument to the boy businessman. Come on a little closer. Step right up. Here's the thing. Robert Goulet, I love you. You're a Canadian treasure. You all of a sudden see this guy just pop out of nowhere. Uh -huh. Goulet and his wife just seem mystified. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh -huh. they get launched to the fucking ceiling. Yeah. No cell. I no, no idea where they went. No idea. They're dead. Yeah, they're dead. Saturn. All right. Well, let's, uh, I don't, pool and Beetlejuice? No. No, they build no. a patio and the cool, like, open air patio. The open air patio that is almost a pointless patio because they have that, like, yeah. fake back. I don't get it. No, super weird weird but whatever art people right yeah i get it let's get out there you campers get that candy make sure you watch before you eat it because there might be tylenol in there all right michael keaton gives an all-time performance in this one so we're going to talk about something that never gets the proper recognition we're going to be talking acting performances in horror movies with some good ones almost never get nominated or win awards even though sometimes they are legitimately great and should yep. be recognized so jim why don't you go ahead and kick us off with your first one please my number five and i had a hard time thinking who could i put here at five and then it hit me let's go back to 
last year's Halloween special, part one, Chopping Mall. I'm taking John Terleski. Okay. Now, unless you guys are unfamiliar with Mr. Terleski, he's the one with the jaw who's in every movie, like horror movie wise, that just loves to chew gum. You know that guy. Square jaw, fucking hilarious. I always thought Terleski never got enough credit for the horror movie roles he did. He was amazing in Choppy Mall. Thought you were going to go back two years and pick Adam Sandler and he'd be home. Let's never go talk um, about that again. My number five, and I, I went like serious. Daniel Kaluuya, get out. I love that Daniel Kaluuya is literally currently one of our greatest working actors, but he's also such a bruv. He turns in like really great performance with great range for Jordan Peele in, in get out. He's so great. Nope. Everyone steps up and get out Bradley Whitford, Allison Williams, Catherine Keener, Betty Gabriel has a, a amazing scene that stands out. But yeah, every time I see Daniel Kaluuya, I just think of when you see him in interviews and he is like full on 100% bruv. Yeah. It's crazy. Fucking uh, Will Ospreay's yeah. favorite guy ever. So my number four, I'm going with an original one here. She started off as a kid. She ended up doing a couple movies, which was crazy. And then Savage Streets came out and opened up my eyes. I'm going with Linda Blair Ooh. here at number four. I mean, The Exorcist. Let's ignore The Exorcist too. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life next to The Conjuring. But Linda Blair, Savage Streets. She got into this mood or this role in the mid 80s, to early 80s, where she's like, I don't want to be considered the child actor. So I'm just going to do these B-horror movies, be topless. How about coming up here and getting topless? Any problem with that? Topless. T-O-P-L-E-S-S. Now you do it when you when you get here, you'll do it. Smoke darts. I'm going to be a fucking rebel. Yep. Can I give it to Linda Blair? Oh yeah, I'm totally in on that. So Saturday hot. Streets. My number four, Edith Scob in a movie called Eyes Without a Face. This is a French film from 1960, which is on Criterion if you want to access it now. It's about a girl whose face is disfigured in a car accident. Her dad's a plastic surgeon who is obsessed with performing a face transplant on her. So she keeps getting like more unhappy the more experiments he does. Like at one point, he successfully transplants her face and he's fucking jacked about it. And then after a couple days, the face starts to reject. Ugh. So she for 1960 though, that's pretty oh, awesome. Oh yeah, she wears a mask for like 90% of the movie and look up the mask. It's like frightening because it's just like a blank pale mask. But it's one of those w- things where I feel feel like the whole movie relies on Edith Scobb's performance. Like if she fails, the whole movie fails. Yeah. So she's so good in it. She had to nail it. She absolutely does. This one, honestly, like Jim said, it's wild for the time. People were fucking disgusted by it because it does have kind of a violent ending and it was very negatively reviewed, but the last six decades have been very kind to it, but it inspired, it literally inspired John Woo's face off and Billy Idol wrote the song about the movie. Really? Billy yeah. Idol? Because he saw Eyes Without a Face and thought it was a fascinating concept. For Great a song. Eyes Without a Face. It was his first number one hit. It was yeah. Eyes Without a Face. So, yeah. Responsible for Face Off and uh, and Billy Idol's Eyes Without a Face. And it's an awesome movie. I can't wait till we cover Face <laughs> Off one of these days. So, my number three is kind of Hollywood loyalty. Shout out to her mom, Janet Lee and Psycho. I'm going with Jamie Lee Curtis, Halloween 1, Halloween 2, Prom Night. She was the, like, perennial. Is that the word I'm looking for? Perennial? No. Perennial? Perennial. Thank you. Perennial. I'm a fucking idiot. The pre- uh, perennial. Fuck. 
pre-anal. Thank you. She was the pre-anal queen. She created it, which was amazing. Good on GLC for creating the boob shoot fun. I loved her in Halloween. I mean, Lori Strode was incredible. Then her in prom night, she embraced the fact that her mom was the original scream queen. And like, I just, what you just I was gonna say, you should watch Psycho for the first time. Saw it for the first time. Amazing. Awesome. Movie. It's beyond awesome. Hitchhawk. Hitchhawk. <laughs> I love Hitchhawk. I love Hitchhawk. Hitchhawk knew what he was doing. Al, Al Hitchhawk was amazing <laughs> in Sideshow. <laughs> It's the fucking, I'm just going to butcher the whole thing. JLC, she's hot. My number three, Florence Pugh in Midsummer. A movie that is brightly lit, very sunny, very bright. That's Midsummer. It takes place 85% in sunlight. But honestly, it's probably the last movie to legit, like up to that point or first in a long time to like legitimately scare me. There is one scene where I'm just like, oh no. Like it takes a turn where you're like sick to your stomach and you're like, oh no. Because it kind of takes a while to get into yeah. it. And you just watch her hereditary so Which it's great it's Ari Aster so I Florence Pugh is legit great in it and I would say like Ari Aster has this great ability of not even his, like the directing's awesome obviously but not even the directing but convincing great actors to be in his fucked up movies Tony Collette hereditary Joaquin Phoenix is in Bo is Afraid he gets this career making performance out of Florence Pugh in Midsummer, and it's an awesome movie it's fucking nuts but it's awesome hopefully she never ends up in a James Wan movie let's hope not unless Please. unless it's um malignant too give me 14 malignant movies yeah i gotta watch malignant but dude that one gotta watch it it's, it's fucking dumb he's definitely awesome. not the one if you will <laughs> James Wan. Yeah. My number two, and I've started going through all these movies because I've never seen them. I watched The Dream Warriors last night, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Heather Langenkamp, yeah. one of the best horror actresses oh, yeah. of all time. She's the gold standard. Queen. Yep. She's the best. My number two, Michael Rooker, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Oh, in tremendous. A movie you only need to watch once, loosely based on real serial killer Henry Lee Lucas. It takes like the ultra realism approach, but Michael Rooker's performance is unbelievable in that it's too believable like he nails what they're going for but it's like that method acting sort of thing where you're like uh none of this makes me feel comfortable just watch that henry lee lucas documentary where they're like interviewed henry lee what a fucking henry dude. lee lucas says he killed like 600 people but then five minutes later he'd be like i didn't do it yeah well henry lee lucas i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure they dropped a dresser on his head when he was like six and they left it there and left him there for days but then he lived and he survived it he had like every sign of the mcdonald's triad i mean like dude became just like a traveling serial killer he did he was like a train hopping hobo murderer he's a weird looking dude he had like two teeth darts loved milkshakes because that's the profile you want on match.com so my number one and if this is kevin's not number one i'm gonna be incredibly ashamed it's man of action tom atkins number one amazing in horror movies love it but no it's not because i went with the serious approach to to like truly best acting performance Performances as though they could win awards. See, I, I went horror camp. Yeah. And it's Tom Atkins. No, my number one, I think, is the greatest uh, acting performance ever in a horror movie. And I think the wrong guy won the award. I'm going Ted Levine as Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. Oh, he's so good. Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins both won Oscars. But like Levine is better than both of 
dumb. Yeah. Like to me, the scene where Clarice comes in the kitchen and knows it's him and he's kind of standing there in a corner with just this weird smirk on his face. He's she's like, do you have a card or whatever? And he goes to get him. And just that like the hand motion he makes. And like it is a unbelievable performance. And it's iconic. You can never hear Q Lazarus and yes. think anybody else but him talking yes, and doing it. Him fuck me. I'd fuck me. Him talking to her in the hole and then Buffalo uh, Bill, man. Yeah. And then uh did you know so and so was she a great big fat person? Like yeah. unbelievably great. Like he set the stand every performance after Ted Levine was somebody trying to tap into what Ted Levine did. Yeah, I agree. He was Incredible tremendous. performance. Honorable mentions. Mia Farrow and Rosemary's Baby. Have you watched that one? I've seen that. Okay. Yeah. That's Polanski though, right? Yes. Ugh. Right. I'll separate the art from the artist. Great. Uh Essie Davis is the mom in the Babadook. Awesome. And then uh Barry Cohen, Killing of Sacred Deer, which I love that dude's fucked up movies like Dogtooth and Killing of Sacred Deer and The Lobster. Those movies are fucking nuts. But see, that's the shit I love. Every movie, it doesn't just have to be a romantic comedy or an action movie no. or a horror movie. This dude's like, you got to marry someone or else you turn into a lobster. And it's a dramatic, serious movie. Yeah. That's a fucking movie called starring Carlin Farrell. It's not necessarily like you're going to turn into a lobster. You're going to turn into like your spirit animal almost. I'm going to throw something out there and I want to see what you think. Peter Weller and RoboCop. Yeah. RoboCop, that Criterion Edition specifically. Sure. That's almost a fucking horror movie. Yeah. No, it's I take tremendous. that. Tremendous. Okay. That. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's unfortunate because horror never truly gets recognized. Doesn't. Because like, again, Anthony Hopkins wins the Oscar for Silence of the Lambs as a lead actor. He's in that movie for fucking four minutes or something. He's yeah. like not even in it. Fava Beans and Key. And they're just like, we're going to give it an Oscar. And he doesn't even pronounce it right. And they're no. going to give him an Oscar to, and nothing against Anthony Hopkins. He is great Tremendous. in that. And Jodie Foster's great. But just please recognize Ted Levine, who's the true backbone of that movie. Um, Adam Levine's dead. Yeah, few people know that. <laughs> All right, let's get back in the pool. All right, everybody. We're back at that candy ready because we're about ready to go to Saturn. Am I right? <laughs> not a hallucination this was real we all just experienced a very super powerful paranormal experience and it was real Delia you are a flake you have always been a flake if you insist on frightening people do it with your sculpture Critical question, same as last year's Halloween special, last minute 2023 specific costume ideas. Ooh. There's a couple obvious ones. Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. Tri that's the couple's costume. You that's can do it. pretty easy. Yeah. Barbie made it clear you can be anything. So literally just grab any shit you have around the house. You and it's meek like, enough. I'm cleaning product Barbie, you know, or I'm like dirty laundry Barbie. Like you can just Low literally. Class Barbie. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Oppenheimer. Or just Barb. Just be Barbenheimer. Yep. Get a hat. Yeah. There's uh those are kind of the, I think, predominant Gold costumes standard. from this year would be Barbie adjacent. My kids went as Barbie, a dead farmer. <laughs> just ran not, not just a farmer. It's not dead farmer, Barbie. Dead farmer. Just dead farmer. Someone, maybe could have been Beetlejuice, David McCall. Hey guys, happy Halloween. I'm David McCall. I'm also Mark and Mark Wahlberg. I created Wahlburgers. So here's a funny story. So one Halloween, okay, my brother Paul and my mother Alma, she made these amazing burgers while we were watching Beetlejuice. And then out of out of nowhere, okay, Donnie came home from New Kids and was like, hey, Mark, I brought you a burger. I'm going to call it Beetlejuice. And I got really pissed off because he poured orange juice all over my burger. And it's a wall burger, okay? And it was amazing. I was like, guess what, Donnie? I'm going to fucking kill you. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. 
we should have allowed nature to take its course. And I said it three times. Why are the Maitlands confined to their house? That's one of my big ones. Like, they didn't die there. And what are the parameters of the 125 years? So when the Dietzes die, are they going to be stuck in the house with the Maitlands? Yeah. And then what about people who move? Is it where you lived when you died? And what happens after it's 125 years? Do you just vanish? So are we to assume that the Dietzes as a whole now are the only ones that can see the Maitlands or everybody can see the Maitlands? I I mean, an old lady died in my house. So I'm assuming she's confined to my house for 125 years. So she read the handbook? I don't know. She got to talk to you. I don't know. I think it will. (laughs) Uh, But when I die, am I going to be in the house with this old lady who died in my house? But are we to think too that if the Maitlands leave the house, they're back on Saturn? I don't know. They're they're needs to be qualifications there's i guess if we read the handbook we would know but it may, it just i don't understand why they just were i also arbit- feel like they took shared custody of lydia yeah and all of a sudden lydia is no longer goth kind of yeah. she like shunned well it. she has to go to to school and the big thing that she always wanted to do was float in the air and dance calypso yeah it I seemed like she's been in science how long has passed from the end wedding scene to where they are at at the end where lydia comes home from school has it been months because it looks like they did a lot of remodeling yeah. next year so she's been sitting on this hey i want to float and do the calypso of all the things yeah you could possibly do you want to dance I, I i don't know sounds like lydia got an a on the math test yeah but you gotta see on the so my big thing right off the bat top of the movie there's absolutely no way shape or form shape or form that car accident kills them it doesn't plunge far enough they could easily escape the car I, okay I, I thought about this a lot and then i compare it to when beetlejuice drops charles from the second oh floor, yes that's in my logic drops him on his dead. head he should be dead. dead nope no problem he just has a band-aid so the car accident i'm not sure if they were wearing seatbelts or not but when the car flipped upside down i'm going to assume they hit the roof knocked out knocked out drowned okay that's the only logical way that that's possible because if not it was low speed low drop they could swim out they're fine i guess we needed the original version with the graphic detail of the car accident dog pulls out a gun and shoots him (laughs) exactly what's the deal with sandworms beetlejuice seems to apply that this is the planet saturn why is saturn outside their house why is everything outside like is the afterlife on the planet saturn Saturn. i don't know i don't understand of all the planets that we could choose from i'm saturn's gonna be I'd rather be on Uranus or Neptune, not Saturn. So here's one. Why not just spell it B-E-T-E-L-G-E-U-S-E? Confusion. Because you don't ever see Beetlejuice spelled on the cover. Now, I get it from our perspective. It's easier to spell. It's phonetically easier to grasp. But in the movie, not once you see B-E-E-T-L-E-J-U-I-C-E. It's Betelgeuse. It's a star. It's a real star. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird that the Deets has never explored the attic initially. So... It's locked. Like the first day they're in the house, it's locked. And they basically just give up and never try again. Hey, lock's fucked. Oh. Because um, Delia and Otho walk up there, the door slams, they give up, and then they never try harder to give. It's a decent size attic, too. Yeah, and I'm sure room. they could need the storage space. Like, it's, it is weird. And I also think with that being up on the third or fourth floor in the attic, when they take that model apart, that's got to be a pain in the ass to take it all oh, the way downstairs. That's what I said. How did they fit it through that doorway and then Fuck. down all those stairs and stuff? It's very small. Of all the things that Delia wants to, with help of Otho,
So clear out of the house. The wallpaper, they make fun of it being kind of like lower class country. Why does she decide to keep Adam and Barbara's wedding dress? Like the wedding dress yeah. and the suit. Of all things, why keep that? Yeah, they make fun of it. And then they, yeah, it's weird. This movie establishes that you appear in the afterlife as you did in death. We see a, a ton of examples of this. A guy with a shark on his leg. A guy with like a bone in his neck. A guy with a shrunken head. It's a big fucking bone. He got down yeah, sideways. super weird. The receptionist in the the works, which God, what a bad job yeah. in, in in afterlife. You have to work the window at a. But she said, I wouldn't have had my little accident. They they all appear as they did in death. Shouldn't the the Maitlands be very wet because they died yeah, they in drowned. the water? Yeah, they so, would be so. And when they first came to the, the house, they were soaking wet. But shouldn't they? Shouldn't they be wet? They should be. Yeah. But I also don't get why they can't. When they're finally revealed to the Deetses and they can actively see him, what's stopping them from changing outfits? Yeah. Like, why can't they change their clothes? They're not like constrained to anything but the house. You're telling me he can't just put on Charles's outfit, change it up a little bit. They're going to stink. Yeah. Because they're we're to assume but they're not phantom they? based. I don't I don't know. I don't know if they're ghosts anymore or anything. Did the Maitlands choreograph the dinner scene or was that just kind of like, let's get him there and freestyle it? How does that work? Like, how did the Maitlands make them? I guess because like Beetlejuice says, like, throw your voice. Da, 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 yeah. Da, da. And maybe the Maitlands figured out how to throw the Deeds' voices and make them dance and then turned the shrimp cocktail into monster hands. One thing, if I were the Deeds', I would have fucking thrown that shrimp out because I've never seen shrimp look so dysfunctional in my life. That didn't even look right. <laughs> dysfunctional shrimp. Dysfunctional shrimp. Fucking disgusting. I mean, get it. There's somebody's hands in them. But if I'm literally preparing shrimp that looks like that, first off, there's no tails. They're tied off. There's something wrong. The fucking shrimp is turned on a Sunday at a restaurant, folks. Get rid of it. Why doesn't Lydia live with her mom? Yeah, there's no backstory. She lives in this crazy dysfunctional. They don't ever. She makes it a clear point to say that Delia is her stepmom, but they never. You don't know how long they've been together. It also seems that Charles. Well, we've said this. Charles is so checked out. He doesn't realize his daughter has a lot of issues. Yeah. And all he ever does is call her pumpkin and slap her on the ass. Charles should be paralyzed. He should be dead. He's dropped from above the second floor. <laughs> onto a hardwood floor. Onto, like, uh, yeah. It's full crazy. pile driver. Beetlejuice only in the movie for like a total of 14 minutes like we, we talked about. What is the creature that officiates the wedding? Do you, Beetle? <laughs> Nobody says the B word. Come on. Do you take this woman to be your wedded wife? the coolest fucking being ever. Cause like everybody else in the movie, even like the ghouls and goblins are at least based in reality. Like the dude, we got to give props to that's like, how do I look? I'm like, you look good. I feel a little flat. How do I look? There are no mirrors on this side. Fine. Look fine. Yeah. Fine. Thanks. I've been feeling a little flat. <laughs> Who Great. obviously got ran over multiple times. He's like over and he over looks like gum. He does. Um, but who is that little guy? But the dude that officiates the wedding is not a guy. Just a random guy they hire. Yeah. He's just some crazy creature that doesn't really jive with the rest of the, the characters in the movie. When the Maylands are trying to stop the wedding, why does it either Adam or Barbara say Beetlejuice in rapid suggestion, like a fast count in wrestling? Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Yeah. It's because frustrating. Adam's like Beetle. And then 
Beetlejuice like Gets knocks his, his teeth out or whatever. And then Barbara goes, Beetlejuice. The zipper. He puts the zipper. Beetlejuice. And then the metal plate. And then the metal plate. Why doesn't she spit it out faster? Yeah. Weird. Also, why do they start de-aging again? Because technically they should just Because be- Beetlejuice saved him. Oh. He like, does the, he like points at him or okay. something. And he, he re, like fixes he, it. Okay, he, he reanimates. So he does, he does live up to his, his bargain, bargain with uh, Lydia. But uh, speaking of that, what is the arrangement between the Maitlands and Dietz's? We need to know this. They each I- get, what, half the house? The Maitlands were super stoked for their two-week vacation at home. This afterlife's got to be great for them. It's fucking excellent. Adam gets to work on his model for 125 years. Yeah, she go gets this shit from the hardware store, which, is she working at the hardware store because it's still open? She's like, I stopped and got this for you at the hardware store. It must have. It's Maitland's hardware. Yeah. It, you know, when you think about it, it would be pretty shitty to be stuck in a house for 125 uh, years and not be able to go outside because they can't. They can't. And although they do go out the window and hang over the ledge because they're yeah. trying to hide out from Lydia when they do get into the attic. Yeah, so that does violate but the why, bounds. But there's not Saturn. Yeah. When they go out the window, shouldn't that be... If you go out the window, it's not Saturn, but if you go out the door, it is? I do have another logic point. It just dropped into my head. At the very beginning, when Adam shows up, as they drive to go down to the hardware store for him to get some stuff, and he also rips money out of the till. Yeah. I think he ripped himself off. It's a tax break. So you see the guy who's, I'm assuming, yeah. is the barber? Yeah. Some needs... He needs help, because he's just rambling on to himself and not realizing that Adam went in the store yeah. just going on and on I get it he's the nice old guy do you really want him to have sharp objects cutting your hair not at all help no. him beetle gleist <laughs> yeah I just I need to know more about this arrangement between the Dietzes and the Maitlands because again if the Dietzes leave and another family moves in they're gonna be like what the fuck why is this house half country wallpaper and half like that weird speckle I would love to have seen a scene where Charles hears Lydia singing the song playing a song. He's like, oh, somebody got an A on the math test. If they would have came downstairs and celebrated so you see all of yeah. them together around the model, no. something. It's like, you stay well, in the fucking Dietz's area, I'll stay in mine. But the Dietzes can't see the maintenance. I thought they could now. May, oh, they can now because I get the wedding. Yeah, they saw them. But it continues. They continue to be able to see them. I'm assuming because they oh, would man. have to know that they're living down because they remodeled the whole living room. Again, being stuck in the house for 125 years, do they eat? Do they have to eat? I'm they, ass- they don't change clothes. They don't have to eat. Do they have to shit? Phantom shits. They literally just exist for 125 years. Which makes it even weirder because if they can't see him, if they come downstairs, there's literally the country living room again with a model in the middle of the floor. How are you going to explain that to your friends? Oh, those are the ghosts that live in our house. They're cool. This is their shit. There's a lot of, maybe the Lancer in Beetlejuice 2. Maybe we'll get more backstory. Okay, so speaking of Beetlejuice 2, as I promised up top, we have to discuss Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. Oh, no. So I don't, Jim, I don't know how much you've ever, I read the script. Yeah. I literally read the whole thing. The whole thing. Oh God. A Beetlejuice sequel was supposed to happen, but it didn't happen fast enough. So Tim Burton went right out of Beetlejuice into Batman. The studio ordered a Batman sequel immediately. So Burton and Michael Keaton had their choice to either do Batman Returns or Beetlejuice 2. Good choice. They picked Batman 2 because Batman Returns, probably because the money, the oh. Potential box office. Oh, yeah, it's the money. Oh, That's yeah, it. yeah. I mean, it's fucking Batman. So they put Batman Returns as the priority. They put Beetlejuice 2 on the back. 
back burner. And there's probably a reason because of the script. Beetlejuice 2 was supposed to be Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, which was scripted as a 60s beach teenager movie meets German expressionism. The script is online, as I said. You can read it, but I will give you the synopsis. I'm going to go through the whole thing. Okay, go for it. Beetlejuice is having trouble adjusting. So basically, immediately following the events of the first movie, he's having a hard time. He lost his bioexorcist license. So as we see him in the waiting room, he's now like, he's in deep shit for oh, the shitty pool. I mean, he has a so, shrunken head. So, which he does, he has a normal head now. I mean, he's lost his bioexorcist license. He is working as a janitor in a supermarket in hell. He is dating a burn victim named Rita, but not surprising, Beetlejuice is a shitty boyfriend. No. All he can think about is Lydia. He carries around a picture of Lydia. He talks to it. He's obsessed. Beetlejuice is visited by the ghosts of five Hawaiian holy men who ask him to visit their island called Kanuka to scare off land developers. He declines because I guess, I don't know, he has a moral compass now, but he declines and he basically was like, I don't have a bioexorcist license. I'm not going to help you. Guess who the developers are in Hawaii? The Dietzes. Okay. They've bought the island to build a luxury resort. Lydia is obviously mad at her family about all of this, but while in Hawaii, she has a thing for one of the local surfers named Kimo. Lydia is aiding Kimo in the local surfing community to try and find a way to stop the development of the resort. As the last resort, pardon the pun, she goes to a medicine man to bring up the possibility of summoning Beetlejuice. That's her ace in the hole. Okay. Is Beetlejuice can save the day. Yeah, I got him in a back pocket. It's more complicated than this. Lydia has to go spend some time in hell to try and find him and also she has to make him sign a contract that he won't be a pervert. Hopefully it's not a billionaire contract like a Scientology thing. (laughs) He gets his license reinstated so basically it's like this black market deal and he gets summoned to hawaii via this medicine man but this is insane oh no how can it get worse he asks for some time to enjoy himself so lydia tells him he can have three days this is literally the three days are the next 40 pages of the script oh my god like legitimately 40 pages you can imagine what beetlejuice wins a surfing contest poses as a local celebrity photographer basically every beach blanket bingo it is and basically everything he's doing is he's trying to compete with chemo to impress lydia and then there's like extended live version or a live performance of the harlem shuffle oh god Beetlejuice's attempts to win over Lydia haven't exactly been on the up and up, but then Beetlejuice's mom, because he's got her like tricked. He's got her like under a spell. Beetlejuice's mom shows up from hell and spoils it and tells Lydia what's happening. Beetlejuice gets pissed and becomes an entity known as Jucifer. God. He decides to kill everyone. Okay. He starts, so the dead start to rise. He makes like the, what are the, um, the heads, the head statues, the Easter Island. Island. Yeah, yeah. He makes the like something like that rise. He makes all the tiki statues come to life. Kimo, Lydia, and the Dietzes, they make their way safely because the whole island's like crumbling. They make their way up this volcano to safety. Finally, Otho says Beetlejuice's name three times, banishing him back to hell. That's all it takes. Oh. Is Otho to say Beetlejuice three times. Back in hell, Beetlejuice realizes he's missed his girlfriend Rita, and the movie ends as they perform the Harlem Shuffle again at a nightclub in hell. Yeah. 40 pages. 40 pages 
of Beetlejuice Jeez. just doing oh. sh- like shit in Hawaii. I can see why they put this on the back burner. Yeah, that's I a mean, bad it idea. Is, it is Beetlejuice goes Hawaii, and it's literally. It almost sounds like an NBC Sunday night movie. It's nuts. What's the legacy of this of Beetlejuice? One year after the movie, the animated series debuted, despite really having nothing to do with the movie. Not at all. It's a comedy. It, well, it's crazy. Beetlejuice and Lydia are like best friends, and they should go back and forth to the netherworld. There's a Broadway musical, which is now infamous due to Lauren Boebert getting kicked out for vaping while getting her titty slapped around at a performance. And jerking off a guy. And jerking a dude off. If you go in Spirit Halloween, like half the store is Beetlejuice merch. I will say, though, I've never seen like a good adult Beetlejuice costume. No, they're very cheesy. Like you can put the makeup on and wear the suit, but I've just never seen an adult pull it off. And the thing is, though, he wears that suit for about two minutes. Yeah. Well, I always said, how come no one else ever goes with a different version of Beetlejuice? I like the red suit wedding The wedding suit. Oh, it's great. Or when he's in the commercial or like when he's the Western sort of like. That's the best one. Yeah, like somebody should do that. It's always the pinstripe. Yeah, everybody does the pinstripes. And finally, of course, Beetlejuice 2 set to be released next year, which should be interesting after 36 years. I cannot imagine what it's going to be. Keaton, Jenna Ortega. Yeah, he's playing Lydia's daughter. Is Winona Ryder going to be in the movie? Yeah. Okay, she's in it. Catherine O'Hara. Like as the Dietzes. As well, far not, as I know, I don't know, know if they're keeping that close to the vest. Okay. Or if the Dietzes or the Maitlands. Well, you can only have one Dietz and it's going to well, be Catherine right. O'Hara. You can't have other fucker, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. It makes me wonder if, if they're going to sneak him in there. I just, I'm like, one of two things happens with these movies. They finally bring it back because they've got a really great idea after all, all this time. Merch. Like yeah. Top Gun Maverick. Oh yeah. Or it's a cash grab and it's like, well, I'm not really doing anything else. Maybe I'll you know, make a couple hundred million dollars. But you have to release it in Halloween. You got to. You can't do it in March. Sure like, this can. is weird. This is in March. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, they. I know they're filming it in the same location. Which they're is, going back to the fictional Winter River, Connecticut in the same house and everything. I'm game. But that wasn't even a real house. It was just no. a facade. That's all it was. There was yeah. no active house. It was just the facade of a house. That was it. So, well, it's going to be uh, interesting, but. I'm looking forward to it. It's Michael Keaton's had a resurgence in his career. I don't know. Except he's in a bad Batman movie. I just, I also don't. Imagine having to try and play a character you played 36 years ago. It would be hard. It would be difficult to to do it again, you know? I mean, he slipped good into Batman, which was the only good thing about that Flash movie, but I'm stretching it with that. I just, I don't know. I can't imagine returning to play a character that's with a distinct voice and a distinct style. It just, I don't know. But we like Beetlegleist. Sure. All right, stick around for some plugs. NBC's Sunday Night Movie will return following these messages. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice! Yahoo! It's showtime! Hey, annoying hombres making you do stuff you hate? Don't lose your head. Make them history. Ah! Think that's scary? Watch this! Whoa! That went right through me! Did you see that? Now watch this. First, a double team! Ah! Now, a double scare! Ah! Nobody beats me! Ah! So when you want to scare somebody, give me a call. Beetlejuice! 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 Pool Sceners, once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the show and all of the other ones in our back catalog. And you can find those on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay, and wherever you get your podcasts from because we are there. And never forget to like, comment, subscribe, rate, and follow on Facebook. Join the Pool Sceners group for exclusive content. You will get it there first. Instagram, Twitch, Threads, TikTok, and YouTube at Pool Scene Podcast. 
We are all over the place, so you will never get one opportunity to miss us anytime, anywhere. And as always, back to Kevin. Final lab guy, final lab guy, final lab guy. Yeah, the final lap. All right, we talk about toys on here occasionally, and we covered the original Transformers movie. I think these may have been out for a while, but this is a perfect time to talk about them. What are those universal monsters, Transformers crossover toys? They do that for everything. They did it with Turtles, But too. the Turtles ones are awesome. They're really good. And TMNT figures, they've always done wacky cr- crossovers, like the sewer sports figures. Yeah, they did. Ninja Turtles doing weird stuff has never been like odd to me. But Transformers. Transformers. So there's a Frankenstein's monster one called Frankentron. Uh, and there's a Dracula one called Draculus. I know my Draculus. <laughs> and it does not say you plus me equals us. It <laughs> equals that this is a fail crossover for me, dog. It's bad. It's, it's just like a Transformer in Frankenstein colors with a Frankenstein head. And then the Dracula one is just fucking dumb too. And then there might be more, but I'm like, why do we, why do we do this? I, they just like to beat a dead horse. I don't think there's an upcoming. Is there another Transformers movie coming out next year? Probably. There's probably one every year for the rest of our lives. I keep forgetting there's been like fucking like eight or nine of them. I, I will say in fairness, how are you going to reboot it and make it any better than like the first Michael Bay one? That's the only one I somewhat liked, but I was good. I didn't need 50 of no. them. No, no, exactly. You don't need 50 of them. No. Well, everyone out there have a safe and happy Halloween. Watch out for that candy, kids. Yeah. Check your candy for poor poison and free drugs hope you get some free drugs in your candy free good drugs um razor blades those are expensive you yeah. know if you don't have a sponsorship to harry's need to find the razors in the apples so you can shave your face and your uh your genitals i use harry's um, do you use harry's? i don't have a su- i don't have a subscription to it but i bought harry's razor very quality item all right cool. they want to sponsor us here on the pool scene podcast harry's what up dog yeah, look for harry's uh, razors in your apples this halloween my nuts have never looked better <laughs> you shave with a straight razor I tried. Really? Yep. I will say. Never going to do that again. Yeah. You get, I remember one time I cut my balls so bad that I was like bleeding through my underwear. <laughs> let's do some fucking horror stories. Yeah, let's hear it. Here we go. So this is probably uh, 10 years ago now. I was like the taint gooch hair region was almost acting like a barrier. It was like thick. Like I, I could yoink on it. Yeah. So I decided, Hey, I'm going to straddle the toilet, which you should for your hair. You don't want to sure. drop it on the floor. So I use like a regular, like hair trimmer. I didn't use a razor, like a hair trimmer. Yeah. Like a normal, like, um, like, like a clippers, wall yeah. clipper didn't put a guard on it. And I went right up it and I cut it like oh, all the way up that little seam all the way up the seam, like not just a Nick all the way up the seam. Oh, no. And it just poured yeah. to the point where I'm like, you're spraying blood in the toilet. Like am I, can, I have to go to the hospital. It's fucking embarrassing. Cause I totally splayed my taint open, <laughs> but then it subsided. But then I am laying on my back, knees akimbo, pouring hydrogen peroxide on my taint and balls. <laughs> I've never screamed so loud oh, yeah. in my entire life. So just healed and you were good to go. I had to, well, here's weird. I had to put a bandaid on it, but then every time I went number two, I had to change the bandage in case there was yeah. cross contamination. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't want to have a, you know, a, a taint infection. All right. Well, some of you go to Halloween parties where, you know, you might be looking for an opportunity to, um, to score and uh so when you're shaving your balls or whatever equipment you got going yeah 
be careful. Yeah, please be careful. Be careful. Don't don't be Jim. Use a guard. <laughs> use they were guards. Yeah, use uh, a use guard. guard. Have a Scotty Pippen. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, uh Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yeah, perfect. Happy Halloween.